0: Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato and this is qualifying day at the 2023 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts and on today's episode Max Verstappen takes the final pole position of the season in Abu Dhabi ahead of Charles Leclerc but it's McLaren that had the best chance to challenge until Lando Norris made a mistake on his final lap that cost him at least a place on the front row. With cars in third and fifth, McLaren is still in a strong position to claim fourth in the Constructors' standings ahead of Aston Martin, but there's considerable intrigue in the four-point battle between Mercedes and Ferrari for second, with each team getting only one driver into the top ten. There are also potentially lucrative movements further down in the Constructors' standings, with Alpha Tauri and Haas both getting cars into Q3. And the final seat on the 2024 grid is still unsigned. And with rookie Logan Sargent making some very costly qualifying errors that left him last, speculation is mounting that the American could be replaced for next season. And there's perhaps a tiny hint at who might be in line to take his Williams drive. So to talk us through the final qualifying day of the year, let's hear now from your host, Chris Medland.
1: Hello everybody, once again Chris Medham with you to dissect Saturday in Abu Dhabi and it was the final qualifying day of the season so... Little bit emotional uh probably more emotional tomorrow when it's the final race to be honest but I thought I'd play it up today uh and it was a huge shock to see a guy called Max Verstappen on pole position ever heard of him uh he's had quite a good year it turns out so uh Max yeah securing yet another pole it's been a, a pretty damn impressive year let's be honest uh but second place could have been one of any four really uh in the end it went to Charles Leclerc um but Lando Norris was looking set for at least the front row maybe even pole position until the final sector error cost him three to four tenths of a second uh, and it was quite spectacular to watch at the two left-handers that come under the hotel section at the Yas Marina circuit just where the hotel bridge goes over the track uh, Lando had the rear end right out probably drifting out of the corner Um, A bit too happy on the right pedal, I think, was uh, the reason. But he was really annoyed about it and upset about it. He didn't think that he was overly aggressive and uh, it did cost him a lot of time. So that meant he ended up fifth and he was really harsh on himself afterwards, as Norris tends to be uh, when he makes any sort of mistake. And he says he's been making too many mistakes uh, in qualifying towards the end of this year. So uh, that cost him a potential pole, ends up fifth. Uh, And that meant actually his teammate, Oscar Piastri, will start from third place. Piastri doing kind of what Piastri does now uh, at most venues, where he builds up slowly. He's solid on a Friday. But he doesn't show his full hand. He doesn't go out there and try and set the fastest lap from lap one. He really does build up. Uh, And in an FP3, he looks a bit closer. But when it comes to qualifying, that's when he really gets close to Norris's pace generally. Uh, And it must be said, Norris would have outqualified him, but for that final sector mistake. Um, But Piastri was right there with him. So Piastri ends up third. Uh, He was investigated for impeding Pierre Gasly, which was a bit of a silly investigation because the stewards summoned them both. And in the investigation, Gasly said, well, I stayed flat out. I got a bit of a slipstream. Uh, I had to move slightly uh, to avoid Piastri, but it didn't impede me. Now, if the driver involved, who's potentially been impeded, says, I wasn't impeded, I don't see why they even need the investigation. They surely can just ask, do you believe there was uh, impeding here? And then open one if they do. But anyway, Piastri had to clear that. A little bit of nerves for him. But once he did clear that, it confirmed him in third place. And George Russell will start fourth. So we've got four different teams in the top four positions. McLaren the only team to get both drivers into the top five. And this is important because of the situations of the other drivers at both Ferrari and Mercedes. Now with Ferrari having uh, Charles Leclerc in second place... You'd think Carlos Sainz would be there or thereabouts, but as I mentioned in yesterday's episode, Sainz had a crash in practice, and it's put him on the back foot, really, for the rest of the weekend. He ended up dropping out in Q1, which was a big surprise, 16th on the grid for him. Uh, and Sainz was actually complaining that he was caught in some dirty air from other drivers. He said he was in a bad position on the track, had a lot of traffic for his final lap at the end of Q1, and when he was told he dropped out, he said, yeah, I'm not surprised. But afterwards, when he spoke to us uh, in the media pen, he said that some drivers know that if they are two seconds or so uh, ahead of another car, uh, as that car goes through the corner behind them, then the dirty air from their own car will be affecting the car behind and technically, if you still get out of the way on the exit of that corner, then you're not done for impeding, but you have cost him a tenth or two. Uh, and he believes that George Russell did that to him at turn five. He thinks Pierre Gasly did that to him in turns two and three at the start of the lap, and that it cost him his chance of getting through and out of Q1, because it was very, very tight today. Uh, it was really close. There's a lot of drivers that were just sneaking through, and Sainz ends up 16th, so he's got a lot of work to do to come through. The Ferrari doesn't look as competitive as it did in Las Vegas last weekend, so... He's still got a quick car, but he's got a lot on his plate if he wants to get into the points. Lewis Hamilton, uh, by contrast, did get through to Q2, but didn't make it through to Q3. He dropped out in 11th place, so he was the last car out as such. George Russell actually did the final lap to, to bump Hamilton out, but it was because Nico Hülkenberg had made it through into Q3 that really, I think, caught Mercedes out and Hamilton out. And Hamilton said he's been struggling with the car balance. The, the car's inconsistent from corner to corner. He doesn't know what he's going to get from it. Uh, And that really knocks his confidence and that costs you a lot of lap time. And George Russell concurred with that. He said, you know, confidence is huge, especially when the field is tight. Uh, And that can really add up to a lot of lap time in, in this current context where two or three tenths will mean that you don't get through into the final part of qualifying. So both of them starting outside the top 10. Now with Leclerc in second and Russell in fourth, the points difference would actually mean Ferrari would take second place in the Constructors Championship. So there's a lot riding on this, and I'll get into those permutations a little bit later on. Now, another driver with a lot riding on this weekend is Logan Sargent. He is definitely under pressure because there is no decision yet on his future. I interviewed both Logan on Thursday, James Vowles, the team principal at Williams on Friday, and in both of them, both said, you know, no decision yet. I haven't, uh, Sergeant said I haven't been told anything. Vals insisted he's not made a call. He'd, he'd said a long way out back in Austin. He was saying, I'm not going to make a call until after Abu Dhabi. I've set targets I want Logan to hit. So he knows what he needs to do. Uh, and then I'll make a call at the end of the season. Now, it felt like with the form Sergeant has showed, maybe he was getting into a position to actually uh, have ticked off all those targets and have his future confirmed. But uh, Vals insists, no, I'm not ready to make that call yet. So Sergeant went into this weekend with the chance that it was his final Grand Prix. It was certainly for a a little while because if he doesn't get a contract extension, there's no more seats for him to go chasing next year and it does look tough for him to then come back onto the grid. So a lot of pressure on him and the worst thing he could do was make a mistake in qualifying. And after a fairly solid weekend, he he was involved in an incident that wasn't fully his fault on Friday where he got a warning but the team got fined for not informing him of uh, an approaching driver. Uh, He went into Q1 And his first lap was very good, but it got deleted for track limits at turn one. He ran a bit too wide. So he needed to get it done on his second lap. Alex Albon was already clearly through into Q2. The Williams looked quick enough to almost threaten the top 10, but certainly have both cars in Q2. And what Sargent has been showing is that he can match Albon. So his second lap, he went and did an even better lap time that would definitely have put him through into Q2. And yet again, he'd run too wide at turn one and had that lap deleted as well. The first corner of both laps ended his chances and the fact that he'd done it once you could maybe accept but the second time round, he really could not afford to do that and he should have been so focused on that first corner because of what had happened on his previous run so to get it wrong uh, really you know inexcusable it means he starts 20th didn't have a, an actual lap time on the board uh, and he's going to need a big big drive tomorrow under pressure Speaking of pressure, there's even more going on uh, for junior drivers, but this time in Formula 2 I thought we should give a bit of a mention to this because it's the title side of tomorrow and it could have been all wrapped up today actually. Uh, Theo Porcher could have won the championship today, he's the championship leader the Alfa Romeo young driver, but uh, he qualified 14th which means he had to start both races from 14th place and he did manage to get himself into the points, picked up a couple of points, but Fred Vesti, who's a Mercedes young driver and was a long way back in the points, but the only driver that could stop Porsche winning the title did win today's sprint race. So he got maximum points from that. Uh, It was 10 points for the win and another point for the fastest lap. So Vesti there uh, closing the gap to 16 points ahead of tomorrow's race. Now, the feature race is where the big points are paid out, but also it's the feature race where the grid from just a normal qualifying order is taken. And Vesti won today because he started second. He actually dropped to fourth, but climbed back through. A really impressive drive to win. But that means he starts ninth. So he's going to need to move forward quickly in the feature race. But as I said, Porsche, 14th. So it could get tense. And to be honest, I think it's almost more important to watch what Vesti does here because he's Mercedes young driver. It didn't feel like he was really in the frame for an F1 seat at all. Didn't really feel like Mercedes fully believed in him making it to Formula One, uh, but that he was good as part of their package. And then with the uncertainty around Sargent and the fact that James Val says he has alternatives available to him if he needs them, it feels like it will be his links to Mercedes that might open those doors. So maybe... It's that Mercedes think, actually, if Vesti manages to take this championship, that's a really good sign that he can turn something around under pressure and deliver a title, uh, and they want to see him in a Formula 1 car. So uh, if Sargent were to be replaced, maybe, just maybe, Vesti could be a candidate, but I think there might be others than that too. But as much as Formula 2 has been interesting and will be good to watch, the big one is the Grand Prix and the final Constructors' Championship standings. Now, each position is roughly worth around $10 million. So if you move up a place, you're likely to get roughly $10 million more in prize money than if you don't and only red bull and alpine are set in their positions for this season now i mentioned earlier that as it stands ferrari would overtake mercedes for p2 but mercedes has a four point lead in that fight so the advantage is kind of with mercedes overall but uh, with the qualifying positions Charles Leclerc's in a good spot to try and turn that around now McLaren also leads aston martin by 11 points for fourth overall and from the starting positions those two teams are in Uh, They're in place to retain that. So things looking good for McLaren with both drivers in the top five. Aston Martin uh, behind them with both cars. Lance Stroll dropped out in Q2 as well. Uh, Fernando Alonso did make it through to Q3, uh, but is not in a position as it stands uh, to outscore the two McLaren drivers. Then any one of four teams could finish in seventh place. So that's Williams, AlphaTauri, Alpha Tauri, Alfa Romeo or Haas with just seven points between Williams and Alpha for seventh. Now, Yuki Tsunoda had a great qualifying. He's going to start sixth. So on the third row, that's his best qualifying performance of this season. And that means he's technically in position right now to turn that around for Alpha and outscore Williams because Alex Albon did drop out in Q2. I mentioned the trouble that hit Logan Sargent. So the door's open there if Tsunoda can convert from sixth, but there's some quick cars behind him. And then Nico Hülkenberg qualified eighth. Really good performance from him again. But we have seen it from Haas a number of times that they've been quick in qualifying, not so good in the race. If he were to stay there, then Haas would also move up a spot ahead of Alfa Romeo with both Alfa Romeos out in Q1. But as I've said, we haven't seen good race pace from Haas and there's going to be a lot on the line. I think there's going to be some elbows out in the Grand Prix itself. So it's all to play for still tomorrow.
0: Thanks very much to Chris, who's in the Abu Dhabi paddock this weekend, bringing us the latest from Yas Marina. Make sure you don't miss an update from the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts, and you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, check out the Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. You can also keep up to date with goings-on between episodes by following Chris on social media. Just check the links in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast.
1: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand.